edition of the Deeper Dive podcast, produced locally in the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. at Sacred Heart Roman Catholic Church in La Plata, Maryland. My name is Bill Winnell, once again joined by, and only by, Father Larry Swain. Hey, Bill. Today we're going to discuss the deadly sin of pride. Father Larry. Yep. And also the very important virtue of humility, which is really the the aim is that we uh, find ourselves growing in virtue and uh, becoming like Christ. And, you know, without Father Jack here, I was kind of thinking, what are we going to talk about? And I thought, well, what would be a topic that would hit most people? And um, I think humility is one of those virtues that everyone, I guess, ideally wants to achieve, but no one's successful in many ways. And because it's the most difficult uh, of the virtues and pride is essentially the, is the core of all our problems. So I think first off, Bill, let's, let's, let's look at a gospel here and discuss maybe ways that we can grow in this virtue. Um, and, uh, and also just kind of uh, pinpoint what's the problem with pride. Okay. So I opened up my Bible here to Luke chapter 18 and it's the famous parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And, uh, I'm sure everyone's aware of this or is very familiar with this particular gospel. And it's Jesus, it says, Jesus says he then addressed this parable to those who are convinced of their own righteousness and despised everyone else. Uh, he goes, two people went up to the temple area to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a tax collector. The Pharisee took up his position, spoke this prayer to himself. Oh God, I thank you. That I'm not like the rest of humanity greedy, dishonest, adulterous, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I pay tithes on my whole income. But the tax collector stood off a distance and would not even raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast and prayed, Oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, the latter went home justified, not the former, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. All right, now, you know, our Lord, basically, you got these two characters, this tax collector who's just really not really high up on himself. And he says, have mercy on me. And this other Pharisee who thinks very highly of himself. So, Bill, the first thing is, uh, give me a definition of, uh, I guess, pride. Uh, I think that's an easy one. The excessive love of one's own excellence. Why right. am I thinking about Bill and Ted's excellent, excellent adventure, adventure all of a sudden anyway? <laughs> Wayne's world <laughs> is that is, yeah. well, you're combining movies. Oh, I'm sorry, too. Yeah, sorry. Now you've just given Father Jack something. That to was talk about that was humiliating. Yeah, I, you know, I'll hear that later. But um, and now and I guess too. So we see that pride on one side is the excessive uh, desire to be noticed. All right. Now remember, every deadly sin is when um, our appetites are excessive and go too far. You know, to be noticed is not a bad thing. Uh, to be recognized is about it, a bad thing, but if it becomes the source of what we want and we just want to be noticed, what happens is we'll compromise a lot and we're never going to grow in the spiritual life uh, without humility. So we have to be very careful. Remember that the first sin of Adam and Eve was over pride. Like you'll be like gods if you eat of this tree. So, and look what happened. They compromised and we found ourselves, you know, on earth, you know, out of paradise. Um, humility on the other side is the moral virtue that keeps a person from reaching beyond himself. I got this from Catholic culture. It is a virtue that restrains the unruly desire for personal greatness and leads people to an orderly love of themselves based on true appreciation of their position, 
with respect to God and their neighbors. And I think what humility is, is someone is very at ease with who they are. There's a self-awareness of who they stand before God and also with, with themselves. All right. So, all right. I guess the first thing, Bill, why do you think that, you know, humility gets a bad rap? Uh, I think culture. Okay. Explain. I think culture, uh, I think it's all, it's all about us. It should be all about me and myself and I, the unholy Trinity, so to speak. And, um, I, I think that's a, from a young age, whether it be, you know, online TV, that's what we're told, you know, right. Um, call attention to yourself, the clothes you wear, you know, right. What you drive, music you listen to, all that stuff. And I think some of the myths is that if you're humble, you're sort of open yourself to get beaten up. Yep. And that you're not you're not asserting yourself, but I think the opposite is is, is true. Um, you know, that's an interesting point you bring up is that you know you're saying that in the you know, uh, can you think of anyone in sort of uh, the culture? You know what I mean by that is in the media, or in the movies, or an actor, or an athlete. When you look at him or her, they have this disposition of humility. Well, I, you know, I think I you know think about uh, a couple of players on the Redskins who, you know, had famous articles written about them because they drove a Dodge minivan or, or something like that. And it's like, you know, you go to Redskin, Redskins Park or whatever the hell we're calling it these days. But anyway, uh, and there, you know, the parking lot's full. Who of was it? Bentley. Well, I mean, when Kirk Cousins was driving. Oh, the, Kirk the, Cousins. You know, he was Jared. driving the family minivan. Yeah. And then one of the running backs, it's no longer plays for the for the team. I, I remember he was driving like a 1994 Toyota or something, you know, right. um, amongst the sea of you know, Benz's, Bentley's, Beamer's, and, you know, everything else. And so it was always kind of funny to me, you know, they and they, you know, they, these guys got it. I, I'm not so much sh- sure whether it was about humility or a combination of humility and, you know, maybe financial sense. Practicality. Realizing that the average, you know, career is five years for a football player. Right. And uh, right. so, but, you know, that's what comes to mind immediately when I think of that. Right. You know, I think one of the, misconceptions about, oh, I mean, let's take the Kirk Cousins things you bring up is that if he's truly humble, he's not really concerned about what his prayers think about him driving a minivan. He's like, whatever, I'm a dad. And uh, yeah, I'm a football player, but who cares? And that's, in some ways, that's kind of refreshing because don't you find pride in some ways is repugnant? Yep. All right, all right so give me. Well, it's you, interesting because I, I was re- reading earlier about the some of the different traits that, that, um, that a prideful person, you know, may Go exhibit, ahead. and it's different. It's it's kind of like kind of like the uh, the examination of conscience based on the Ten Commandments. When you first give a, a new Catholic, you know, they think, "Oh, I've never killed anybody. I'm good." And then they <laughs> then they then they take a deeper dive into the that commandment, and they're like, "Oh, wow!" Right. You know? So, um, no, I'm saying pride can show itself in an uh, in an in in an in an inordinate desire for control. Uh, another manifestation um, is. I give an example where that you've, you know, I mean, I guess that could be. Like, I think that's just. It, a boss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a boss. And it says even even a parent, even towards an adult child, right. that, you know, that too much uh, control. Right. Um, uh, another, uh, another manifestation is an exaggerated tendency towards independence and individualism. Like it's, you know, right. I don't want to, I don't want to give any of this up. I, I want full control and I want to, I want to do it. Right. So the center is the unholy trinity, me, myself, yeah. and I. Yep. Right. Um, I think, too, is that we realize that good leaders uh, have a sense of humility. And I think one thing is that if a leader is able to listen, 
you know, Jocko Willink, he's not, he's not a religious person, but I don't, I don't know what at all. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't say that. I think he's got some, he's got some faith going on there. I, I don't know. I hope he's Catholic. I, I like, kind of like his, his style, but, but he, he does, he has a, he has some books on leadership and he makes this point time and time again, is that an effective leader has to be able to listen to his people. And I think too, it's, it's also like, um, one, I think one of the signs of a lack of humility is not listening to others. I mean, now obviously, I mean, what's if it's a matter, I know best. What's that? Yeah. I know best. I know best and in all matters. Now I'm not talking about like faith and morals. I mean, right. You know, we don't compromise. That's a lack of humility when we think, you know, you know better than the church. You know, when you're like, oh, I, you know, I know the church says this, but that's, that's absolute pride because you're like, wow, you're more, you're more intelligent than the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Great. You know, this, which is a very prominent thing. Um, but I think this is this capability of listening. And I know too, is like, you know, we've talked about, you know, different personality traits. I'm a cleric. And one of the things I actually say that a cleric the things that clerics struggle with is pride and anger. It's like, cause uh, we're in a sense, if you're a cleric, you're uh, wired to lead. You always want to be the head of the pack. But the problem with that is sometimes you're not listening to what people are saying around you. Right. And it's, it's just a temperament thing, you know? And I, I think some, some temperaments it's, it's it need to work on this. Um, I guess uh, uh, I, I found this article uh, from Mother, it was, uh, it's, it's sort of tips, uh, according to Mother Teresa, and the name of it, you can find it up uh, on the Nath- National Catholic Register, not the reporter, the register, just folks out there, register is 10 times better, 14 to 100 times better than the reporter, but National Catholic Register uh, has 15 um, tips on hu- on humility from Mother Teresa, but but it all before and then it goes into myths, some myths about humility. I thought this was interesting. And the number one myth is the humble soul lacks confidence. And I get, I, so, but that's not true. I think, I think that a humble person is very confident in their strengths, but very aware of their weaknesses and is okay with that. I think that's a sign of humility. You know, that's my strength. That's, and then that also, it becomes a, an issue of discernment when, you know, like, what am I supposed to do in this particular job? Or should I take this job? Or should I do this, make this decision? A lot of times a humble person will be able to know if they have a self-awareness to, yeah, I, I can do this with confidence or I can't, right? Have you seen that? I mean, you used to work at, yeah, you know, or, or, you know, like, like we talked about others, you know, listening, listening to others, not your, it's not just recognizing that people have something to um, to something useful to, to, to add, I right. mean, to, you know, to what you're, yeah. Right. Uh, second thing, it says another myth here. Humility is not attractive. True humility is attractive. It says in this article, um, because a humble person listens and cares about others as opposed to the one focused on their self and trying to look good all the time. And I think there's, you know, I mean, I think parents, I, 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 uh, you know, Joe just got married and <laughs> Madeline, uh, it's going to be interesting to watch uh, the transformation in my brother over the years. But one thing I've noticed in my brother-in-laws is the virtue they grow in just because of kids is humility. I, 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 it, I mean, now did you, exp- I mean, I, I don't want to you know, throw you on the bus, but did you experience that as a young man after marriage that life has a way of humbling you daily? 
Absolutely. Can you ground you? Absolutely. And yes, I'll just go with yes. It does. Um, it, uh, you know, the, the the being covered with vomit and and uh, and changing diapers. Something about that does it. You know, hum, will humble you for sure. Uh, and of realizing that it's no longer just about you know about you, you and your wife. Right. You no, know, it's there's now you now you've now you've gone and done it. And yeah. uh, it's there's other people uh, that count on you and um, that depend on you. You know. Right. Um, and anyway, so it is, it is, it is an attractive virtue. And then it says here, number three, humble people want to be recognized as humble. Well, that, that doesn't make sense. Well, no, humble people really don't want to be recognized. Um, they're okay. I mean, I think the other thing too is a humble person will take a compliment well, but they'll probably give the glory more to God or it won't affect them, their ego so much. You know, we all like the stroke of the ego, of course, but it's like a humble person is just not too impressed with that. You know, they don't want to be the center of attention. So they're missed. So let's go to some of these ways of becoming humble. Um, and this is all from, uh, uh, this is uh, points given to, it was a retreat I given to Mother Teresa. Teresa and uh, one was, and he was using Mother Teresa as an example, is that speak as little as possible about yourself. Um, yeah. Um, which ever, is, which is, which is hard to do. Yeah. You know, we all want to be recognized or, you know, it's, it's in that um, conversation. Oh, I got a story's better than that. Right. The look, just scroll through a Facebook feed these days. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> Everyone's got, you know, my, yeah, I got it. Uh, I, I didn't know until recently that apparently you can actually fly, get on a plane and fly somewhere without posting that on Facebook. Did you know that? <laughs> or, you know, it's like, it's funny. I mean, I, you know, listen, we all are super proud of our kids and everything, but I know where all your kids got in the school. I know where all your kids. It's just funny. Okay, what are, you, what are your thoughts on the... On I don't the, know. Uh, on I'm going to get wait, wait, wait. beyond no, no, belief. No, no, what about the Christmas letters the, where, where they, they give you the whole, the rundown of how awesome their here's family... What, here's what I'll say about that. I'm continually amazed that people actually still write them. I mean, I thought that was a thing like, you know, my one, my one relative, they moved uh, from D.C. after a long time. They, re- they moved. And I, every Christmas we got the letter and it was the classic Christmas. I right down to what Scruffy the dog was you know, doing. And I, I was surprised that people still write them. And the, I will say, I look forward to getting one every year and that's Father John Rudeman's Christmas. <laughs> but, um, but besides that, besides that, yeah, family, it's just weird. Father John, your letter's all right. Well, you and, know? and like, we, we, we already know what you're going to write in the letter because we <laughs> see you posting on Facebook every day. We know everything that's going on in your life. You know, we know all of it, uh, good and bad. Uh, we're going to hear about that in the letter. Uh, two, keep busy with your own affairs and not of those of others. Interesting. Um, yeah, I, I've never thought of it that way. To keep busy with your own affairs and not of others. Uh, I guess you, the other way of saying staying in your lane, huh? Yep. Um, three, um, avoiding curiosity, Mother Teresa said. What do you think she means by that? Well, I mean... Curiosity can lead to many sins, right? Right. <laughs> we talk yeah. about that, right. that whole how it's a need kind to of a know. gateway. Yeah. Need to know or you know, you've you've brought it up in many retreats before. You know, I wonder what wonder what that wonder what so and so from tenth grade's doing, you know? <laughs> Let me just look up on Facebook. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah. Right. And just yeah, just and not I mean, not at a need to know basis about everything. Um two well that brings actually that that brings up a great point, Bill. You know, another thing about 
humility is a person is, I think, so aware of their dependence on God and so aware of their weaknesses that a humble person actually is probably better at avoiding sin simply because that person knows if I put myself in this occasion or if I do this or whatever it might be, um, that I'll more than likely sin. And so humility is a safeguard uh, against serious temptation. I mean, in many ways, because a humble person is like, you know, uh, no, I'm not going to do that. There's a story. You've heard the story about uh, St. Jose Maria. Ring the bell. Sorry. Yeah. But um, there's a, there's a, I, I, I don't know if I've, I don't know if I've shared this. I, I must have shared this anecdote about him where when he was during the Spanish Civil War and when they were arresting priests, which was terrible. I don't know if you know the history of that uh, during the turn, turn of the 20th century. And I think that was in the 1920s. Yeah, about that. Yep. It was about the 1920s. He was a young priest. And uh, so he's just trying, he's just like going from apartment to apartment. And he was just exhausted trying to give people sacraments undercover. And they, I've heard this on retreats, you know, talks on purity. And it was basically what happened was this, uh, this couple that really loved them was like, Hey father, you know, we got this place. It's this beautiful apartment in downtown Madrid. No, you know, he goes, okay, great. And they give him the key and like, you can rest. We got the refrigerator stocked. I mean, he's probably like, Oh, thank you. A good meal. And they're like, well, he goes, well, who's there? And he goes, well, there's only this 25 year old, uh, you know, young woman who's the the maid, but she won't bother you. And he, he took the key and he threw it in the, the sewer. He says, no, thanks. <laughs> I love that story, but it's just sort of like, he just kind of knew like, you know what? I am vulnerable. I'm like not in a good spot right now. I just don't need to be alone. You know, just, but it was more well, like, you know, Mike Pence being essentially mocked for, for right his, with his, his, his right. decision not to eat alone with women or to drink alone. When, and, and I think in some ways there, there is the culture mocks the sense of self-awareness and the sense of, you know, and I would look at, rather than looking at that as a, with St. Rosemary as a thing of purity, he's protecting his purity, but more importantly, it's an, it's an incredible act of humility to say, I'm not, that's, I just can't deal with that right now with the stress I'm under, you know? Um, I mean, it's almost like someone and who's, also, and didn't take the easy way out. Uh, so the option was continue moving from apartment to apartment, right? Not an easy decision. It wasn't. Yeah. And it just, he suffered because of, but there was, I think it's that sort of self-awareness and this, this, uh, awareness of where he's at at that moment. And it's just, I, I just, I've always was moved by that story. Um, moving on, on that particular, it says, um, oh, here, here's uh, this one's hard. Five, accept small irritations with good humor. Yeah, who can do that? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I, I, well, let's think, let's think who, I don't, and see, you don't want to, you don't want to talk about people because they don't puff up their pride, but like, I think there's something to be said is if someone can be made fun of and they don't get hurt by it, my I'd say that that person is probably shows a lot of humility or gets joned on. Yep. You know, do they still use that word Joan? Uh, not since 1989. <laughs> what's that? What is the What's the uh, new word? Uh, oh, I don't think we can say it, but anyway, uh, getting you know knowing what you mean yeah i mean it's hard to and it's funny because i i i can absolutely you know i won't name it but i do know people like that and i know and i and i think back well i'll think to i will share one because I, I remember you even brought it up at his funeral so i think we can do that i think back to like john Pugh. Remember yeah john you, you know wore the starter jacket yeah and and the and and kind of really didn't care much about what people but he was like let's think let's look at his list of things that, that he did you know uh 
you know, fed started a food pantry basically yeah. him and his sister and the, and he, John just did not care about anything. There was nothing he cared about and he, whatever just did his thing. Just did his own yeah. thing. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, smaller, t- it's, I mean, I think even, even like, um, when someone's late for an appointment, when, uh, something breaks or leaves some, a peanut butter, leaves out. a peanut butter out. It's like, well, I mean, but, but let's see, how is that humility? Humility means, I think it says this, that it's, it's because we'll go back to the gospel we're talking about with the tax collector and the Pharisee. The Pharisee says, thank God I'm not like this guy over here or Thank God I'm not that guy who leaves peanut butter out with a spoon in it. You know, I'm not that guy. But I think a humble person, well, maybe that's not my particular struggle, but I could possibly foresee myself doing that if it wasn't for the grace of God or something like that. I don't know. Maybe it's just sort of, there's, I think with humility comes patience with the, with the defects of others. Right. So, Um, so there's a, there's a, there's a line. And then the humility is also the person that leaves the peanut butter out has to be more humble and to say, I can't just assume everybody is cool with that, you know? Yep. Right. So it's, I understood that. I just think, but I, but I think it's like dealing with the defects of others is also a sign of humility. So talk a little bit about, you know, make no mistake. It's okay to have pride in yourself, your kids and everything else. Sure. I I think there's, I mean, yeah, yeah. There's a healthy pride. I mean, we should have a pride about our faith, a pride of our country, you know? Um, You know, I mean, you get a, Pride, but it's it's a very ordered and and uh, it's an other centered pride uh, that makes you want to you know give glory to God. Ever notice how many of these sins we always talk about ordered and disordered? Yeah, yeah. I mean, order is obviously everything. I mean, and it, going back to our catechism, we've been kind of stuck in creation for the last. You know, I'm just like you know doing creation narratives, you know. And uh, but it, you notice in the catechism, it speaks a lot about how everything God makes is good, and we just seem to mess it up. And I guess maybe maybe a lot of our problems come from our lack of humility because we know better or we think better or we uh, we don't have patience with others. You know, we're not. Uh, I, I think there's a lot to be said. And and think about this. Let's let's go here. The ugly one, Satan, right? What was his sin? So, uh, pride. You know, I mean, uh, that's that has to be said in in some ways because, you know, yesterday we were talking with about the Our Father and we say at the end that Father delivers from the evil one. And think about this is that the devil will always win if we're proud, right? I mean, if you think about this, if, if you can, if a person can grow in humility, it's probably going to make a soul or someone who's striving for holiness so much easier because the devil can't keep the person down. You know, well, let's use examples. I mean, we obviously I, let's take another, another side of this, right. Is, um, you know, someone messes up or sins and maybe does something embarrassing or whatever. Um, this idea of like, oh gosh, I got to get a confession now. You know, and like, and then what happens? Like, oh, I can't believe I did that. Um, oh, what's he going to think about me? God must hate me. And then there's this, and the devil plays with that, right? No, just don't go then. Yeah, yeah, don't go. You know, yeah, because it's going to be humiliating. You know, um, it's so funny that you know, obviously, you can't talk about confessions, but. Uh, generally speaking, you know, people will say, wow, that was so easy. Like just, yeah, that's it. You know, just uh, open up, uh, give yourself humbly to God. And we just had divine mercy and our Lord was say, talking about that the only way of, of, of winning, especially in this in the sacrament of penance, is you have to go with a humble and contrite heart. Humility always wins. Uh, there's another story. I think it was St. Anthony of the Desert, I believe. Um, pretty cool saint. 
became a hermit, was beat up daily by the devil. And I think he lived to be in his, I think he was like a hundred. I mean, like lived fasting and all this and lived to like a hundred. It was, I, I, I have to double check my facts on that, but he, you know, went out in the desert and apparently, um, I think it's in one of, I think it's in the officer readings or one of the accounts that was written about him is that as he's about to die, <laughs> the devil appeared to him and started clapping and the devil, uh, said, you know, Oh, Anthony, I got to give it to you. You beat me. And Anthony, like with the little energy I left, he probably had like, you know, pneumonia or whatever. He's just like about to die. He just kind of sat up and looked at the demon in the eye and says, I'm not dead yet. You know, in other words, what do is this idea? Like I can't fall at the last moment. You know, it's just a very, another exhibition of, of humility. Um, couple other things here is um um number six interesting do not dwell on the faults of others huh yeah that's interesting you want to comment on that that's kind of my specialty no but why is that wait like i mean for for the people why do you think that's a lack of humility but let's look I, once again like uh, it's, goes it's a deflection. It's always easier to point to other, you know. Well, let's go back to the gospel. The Pharisee took, he says, Oh God, I thank you. I'm not like the rest of humanity, greedy, dishonest, adulterous. He's looking, and even this tactic, he's looking at the faults of others. Do you think that's very common today? Yeah, but I also, you know, I, I do. And I, I'll defer back to you who sit in the booth way more than I do, because I don't. Uh, and Father Jack's kind of now infamous for it. Uh, I don't care what your spouse did. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so you even hear it in the, you know, right, you're right. not immune to hearing it, you know, in the booth. Well, Again, I think not people, talking about why, specific. Well, I think, I think people in general tend to um, deflect their own spiritual journey, or I would say in some, in some ways paralyze it by not focusing on their own defects. Sure. I mean, as a, you know, in, in, let's be honest, in marriage, um, Marriage life, you know, it's it's how many times do arguments go? Oh yeah, well, well, you right. fill in the blank. I mean, it's it's just much easier to do that than admit your own or right look inward or right. Here's another thing. Um, um, kind of like you and Father Jack fighting in the rectory, you know. Well, <laughs> you. Oh, wait, here's another thing. All right, this. Uh, I guess another another way of looking at it too is I'm I'm looking at, at the her, her list, but I know San Jose and Rio talks about this is. Uh, taking correction well. Um, you know, when we've had a podcast on fraternal correction a long time ago, I haven't preached on it in a while. It, it should be a topic, you know, to come up. It's a, it's another very difficult thing to do, you know, to, I think we, we, we like to talk about other people's problems, but to go face to face and say, Hey, this is a problem uh, is very difficult because we're maybe. We're it's much easier to talk about them behind their back. Oh, it is. Absolutely. You can backstab. Or, or I, went, I, you know, I just went away with uh, seven priests and um, I was really edified at one where, you know, we would, you know, we basically, would, you know, kind of cook breakfast and lunch at the house. Someone let's borrow this house and beautiful house. And then but we would go out for dinner because like we're just like, you know, we're starving by the end of the day, you want a decent meal. So we go to different restaurants and everyone would pick a place. And um, we we're at this one place. It was uh, and the conversation started talking about a priest who wasn't at the table and one of the priests just kind of he says oh no no we're not going to go in that direction and just like cut it off and it was like okay and it was 
But he said it, he just said it, it was real quick, a nice jab, and it just stopped. And then we went on, okay, let's talk about, you know, the Nats. But he just said, no, we're not going to talk about that guy if he's not at the table. And I thought it was sort of, it was, it was uh, humbling for the person who was starting that in that direction. But it was very sort of like a, a move on his part. Like, let's not, let's not throw this guy on the bus, you know, at his expense when he can't defend himself. Clergy's you know? not, uh, yeah, it's not, not, not above you all either, right? <laughs> I, believe I can, you, yeah. I can, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, do you, uh, right, here's another one. Give in in discussions, even when you're right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's needs to be some more explanation. There. I yeah, mean, I know that's too vague. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well actually let's, you know, a better one is actually the St. Jose Marie 17, uh, signs of lack of humility. That's always, I, when I've been on retreats, it seems like, especially in Opus Day, they always bring out that list. And no matter how many times you hear it, you're like, yeah, yep, uh, it's it's very convicting. But he gave these uh, 17 points on it in, I believe it's the furrow. And go to humility. Yep, here it is. It's got a, it's interesting. He's got an earmark on it. Um, in 263, he says, uh, allow me to remind you of the evident signs of lack of humility are... Um, he says, starts off thinking that what you say or do is better than what others do and say. Yeah, and I, you know, to that, I remember, uh, you know, one of the training cl- courses back, uh, you know, when I was a Fed. You know, I remember this one really, really stuck with me. This one guy was like, you know, if, if literally, if you're, if you don't, if what you're about to say in a meeting, let's say in a meeting environment, you know, is is really not adding anything to the conversation. You know, and you're, you're you're really just talking, kind of to be talking. Uh, don't, and that's that's what that just reminded me of. You know, don't if if it's you know if you if you don't have anything to add, don't, don't yeah, it. don't don't you know. Right. I and find it, that I find that is you ever go and I I I always like to talk, so this is something. Uh, but you go to like these, you know, you're having a group discussion, and someone say any questions, and then there's always the guy or the girl that has to ask a question. Hand up. <laughs> yep. or make a remark yep and it's like and sometimes they're good but sometimes you're like really yep. like did you just do that so you can everyone get else some, is looking at their watches some air time right you know um it's an, always one to get your own way uh let me get you can see how that's a lack of hilly uh here I, so this is the way he puts it and this is arguing when you are not right now th- you know like you're you're making a point you're wrong and you're still going to make the point that's a sport for some people yeah and when you are insisting stubbornly with bad manners, that's how uh, Saint Josemary puts it. Is that if if we're gonna if we're gonna argue, at least do it with class, right? So I guess I guess that would mean like if the, you know, you're disagreeing, and this can happen with family members. I mean, I, you know, my, my brothers and sisters, you know, parents, you know, this uh, staff, you know, parishioners, you know, is someone kind of. Um, comes up and they say something maybe you take the wrong way or they're not seeing it the right right way you do it is that i find that if you if you reply with okay i heard you i disagree with you i heard you i disagree with you but this is the way it is it goes well but if you fire back with anger or it's like what's wrong with you you idiot then it's just completely annihilated the whole conversation yep and like you know somebody we were talking I guess last night, 
during the class, you know, we brought up again the the, the personalities. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, if you your spouse is a cleric, <laughs> and you or both of you are a cleric, yeah, it's just like I, this is not going anywhere. Yeah. I was I heard uh, about previous pastors here at Sacred Heart that one of the best guys priests in diffusing bombs was Father Ron Potts. Like I don't know. Well, you, yeah, I mean, you, you look at his. You, he's never stopped smiling. That's first of all. So you know, and even when he's telling you what a what a dirt know, unholy bag. jerk you are, you know, he's he's smiling. <laughs> it's difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe it was a good. Well, why was he? A, why I mean, how did he? I mean, how did he? Uh, was a good explainer too. And he, he left. You left. You know, kind of. Um, um, certainly never went to him for in a in a in a, in a for marriage type counseling, but. You know, even just if, even if you know uh, a discussion would come up, you know, in front of him or something, and right. which led to a little disagreement or whatever with your spouse or something, you know, he would just completely diffuse it. You know, yep. right? Gift, right? Yep. Um, you know, just a couple. Um, oh, uh, making excuses when rebuked. Uh, that's another one. Uh, making excuses. So when someone corrects us, we like make excuses for our behavior. Is a lack, and I think there's there's something about there's something very, I would say manly in a virtuous way. If someone's like you get correct, like all right, um, I appreciate that, you know, um, and I think let's be honest, no matter um, how holy you are, it I just think at the core a correction is always going to hurt to some degree. Yep, it's always gonna be like you know because that the pride is so deep, but I think the reaction is not like you don't feel it. It's just that you don't react to it. Yep. Would you agree with that? Totally. Right. Um, I've even seen like, you know, some of the, you know, some of the like saintly priests and like, like you'll see and they get all heard about something like, wow, I didn't even think you had human emotions, but it's, it's still untrue. You know, I mean, even probably Padre Pio, I would say probably struggle with it at times, you know, I, I would, I would hope. Um, another thing is, um, uh, oh, here's one I thought is interesting mentioning yourself as an example in conversation or speaking badly about yourself so they may form a good opinion or contradict you. Or tell you, no, you're wrong. You're great. Yeah, that's, yeah. oh, no, yeah. that, 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 that wasn't good. Being too hard on yourself. No, even, no, it was awesome. No, seriously, you know. And they, like you're fishing, like the fishing for compliment type, type yep. of things, you know. Um, anyway, so... Um, and I think one other thing too, it maybe it's just to close this up is um, a lot of the saints say that you don't become humble when you try to humble yourself, but they say when God humbles you and you accept it, that's when you're humbled. Like, you know, I, I think there's, there, that's a, that's an interesting point is that um, we ourselves are not going to make ourselves humble. God has to humble us and then he raises you know? If there's any question about you whether you, whether you're a humble person, might I suggest in my uh, do the litany of humility? Litany of humility. <laughs> yeah. Do you <laughs> think it'd be helpful just to go through that? Yeah, sure. Here, let's. All right. It was just kind of maybe end this as a prayer, and, and uh, I'll just read this. Uh, you know, I I probably should pray this every day, um, and I know people that do, and it, it really helps them. So, it's this litany of humility and carnal vow. Uh, you know, when we did the, when we did the, uh, um, pilgrimage to Rome, uh, I celebrated mass down the crypt church in St. Peter's, his tomb was right behind me. Hmm. So a lot, uh, some of the, some of the uh, pilgrims from here at Sacred Heart 
went and prayed the litany of humility at his tomb, which was really cool. Who wrote this? And uh, you know, he was he was sort of like one of the most influential and powerful cardinals at the time. And um, you know, I think the problem when you become like that high up is always that oh, I'm the cardinal, you know, or I'm the bishop, and yeah, I've got so much power. And um, and he realized that, and so he wrote this and would pray this after mass. I think every single day. Uh, asking God to uh, help him to stay grounded, and it's interesting. The word uh, comes to the word, you know, from uh, from the ground. The original word comes uh, an acknowledgement. We come from the ground, uh, from the original Latin. So here it is, litany of humility. And so in this in this prayer, we'll pray this: um, O Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. From the desire be esteemed, deliver me, O Jesus. From the desire being loved, deliver me, O Jesus. From the desire of being extolled, deliver me, O Jesus. From the desire of being honored, deliver me, O Jesus. From the desire of being praised, deliver me, O Jesus. And notice it's asking, like, deliver me from wanting it. Um, from the desire of being preferred to others, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being consulted, deliver me, O Jesus. From the desire of being approved, deliver me, O Jesus. From the fear of being humiliated, Deliver me, O Jesus. From the fear of being despised, deliver me, O Jesus. From the fear of suffering rebukes, deliver me, O Jesus. From the fear of being calamitated, deliver me, O Jesus. From the fear of being forgotten, deliver me, O Jesus. From the fear of being ridiculed, deliver me, O Jesus. From the fear of being wronged, deliver me, O Jesus. From the fear of being suspected, deliver me, O Jesus. That others may love more than I, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be esteemed more than I, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be chosen, I set aside, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be praised and I go unnoticed, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be preferred to me in everything, Jesus Grant me the grace to desire it. And the last part, that others may become holier than I, provided I may become as holy as I should. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. Amen.